0: In the grim darkness of the far future, there is only war. This tagline alone summarizes much of the history of the Warhammer 40,000 universe, as well as preparing you for the tone of the setting. Warhammer 40K is defined by war, from the stalwart forces of mankind to the savage hordes of orcs to the demonic armies of chaos. Since its inception in 1987, Warhammer 40k is spread across miniature war games, role-playing games, books, video games, and more, and has a collective history spanning decades. Countless stories, both official and unofficial, have been told in the universe of 40k, and it would be ridiculous to try and summarize all of them in one short video. This video will serve then as an introduction to the timeline and setting of 40k, for those that are only dipping their toes into the universe. Many, many things will be cut out of this timeline, but it should provide a solid starting point for those looking to learn more. The exact time and nature of the creation of the universe is unknown, but a primordial churning mass of energy and force birthed the various stars and planets across space. During this cataclysmic time, when most of the planets were still forming and cooling, a race of vast entities made up of energy came into existence. With voracious appetites, they spread themselves across stars and drained them of energy before moving on to the next. In time, a species of sentient life forms, which are only known as the old ones, began to grow in their knowledge and wisdom. They took a particular interest in astrology and astronomy, and they eventually developed the technology of traveling vast distances across space with no ill effects. Using this technology, known as the web way, they spread across the Milky Way galaxy. They created a vast network throughout the galaxy that was easily connected, and began to create and foster life across numerous planets. The old ones were certainly the dominant form of life in the galaxy, and were said to have an immense lifespan that made them effectively immortal. During this time, one of the species that evolved into sapience were known as the necronteer. They lived on a harsh planet, plagued by intense radiation storms, and so their bodies were weak and frail, and their lives were grim and short. They focused their technological efforts on spaceflight so they could find a new home, and eventually begin traveling among the stars. They start colonizing other planets, building a dynasty, which eventually brings them into contact with the Old Ones. The Old Ones' technology, of course, far outstripped the Necrontiers, but above all, the Necrontier were jealous of the Old Ones' immortality. The Old Ones refused to share their secrets, causing the Necrontier to unite in a singular goal of crushing the Old Ones, in a series of conflicts known as the War in Heaven. Unfortunately for them, the Old Ones were simply too advanced, and their ability to easily travel the stars compared to the Necrontier's slow ships allowed the Old Ones to easily win. The Necrontier were beaten into submission, and the war cooled, allowing them time to plot revenge. They discovered a species even more ancient than the Old Ones, which they named the Catan, Meeting Star Gods, or Star Vampires. Since the Catan were made of energy, they would be difficult to harm, but wielded vast power beyond comprehension. It's unknown how the Necrontyr managed to communicate with the Catan, but they decided to build physical bodies for them so that they could understand the physical universe. The Necrontyr worshipped the Catan as gods, and the Catan relished it, cruelly enslaving the race. The Catan promised them immortality, but they had to transfer their consciousnesses into metal bodies. The Necrontier did so, dulling their minds in the process, and became a new race known as the Necrons. The Catan hungered for souls to devour, and so they had tricked the Necrontier into giving theirs up in the process of becoming the Necrons. They hungered for more, however, and so reignited the war against the Old Ones. They managed to tap into the webway, and so swept across the galaxy, slaughtering millions upon millions. In time, the old ones were annihilated, and afterwards, the necrons led a revolt against their gods, knowing that they had been deceived into giving up their souls. Millions more necrons were destroyed in the revolt, but the Catan had been fragmented and bound away, as they could never be completely destroyed. One species that had joined the fight against the necrons were the Eldar, a psychically potent and continually advancing race that had outlived the old ones and hated the necrons. The necrons were weak after their years of warring, and knew that the Eldar were soon to be the dominant lifeforms in the galaxy, so they decided to go into stasis in order to bide their time. True enough, the Eldar did begin to dominate the galaxy, using the old one's webway to easily travel the stars, and they conquered many worlds and pushed any potential aggressors, such as the savage orcs, to the fringes of space. For millions of years the Eldar ruled the stars, while other species quietly evolved, such as the fledgling human race. Beneath the real space of our physical dimension is another dimension known as the immaterium, or more commonly, the warp. The warp is without form, and laws of space and time don't apply there, but it is filled with an energy called chaos. The warp is created and fueled by the emotions, beliefs, and souls of every living being in real space. The warp is volatile and unpredictable, and possesses its own entities created by chaos, mostly referred to as demons. The greatest of these are called the gods of chaos, or the ruinous powers, and they command the forces of chaos to break through the barriers into real space in order to dominate both realms. There are a number of chaos gods, but most of the time we'll be concerned with the primary four, Korn, the blood god, Zeench, the changer of the ways, Nurgle, the lord of decay, and Slanesh. The Prince of Pleasure. Each god is single minded, and was created from a single emotion or concept shared by enough living entities. Three of these gods, Korn, Zinch, and Nurgle, were created sometime after 8000 BC, partly due to the burgeoning race of humanity. Although, since time is not really a concept within the warp, they've technically always existed. It was also around this time that an individual was born on the homeworld of humanity, Terra, that would come to be known as the Emperor of Mankind. At this time, there were a number of psychically gifted humans on Terra, called shamans, and they had the ability to reincarnate after death by taking power from the warp. Realizing the growing threat of chaos on both their own souls as well as all of humanity's, They knew they had to do something drastic in order to maintain humanity's existence. They decided to enter a mutual suicide pact, with all of them dying simultaneously, and focusing the power of the warp into a single man. This man was the emperor, or so the story goes. Other stories simply claim he was born from mortal parents, but happens to be the most powerful psychic in the history of humanity. Either way, the emperor was indeed powerful and immortal, and spent most of his time watching as humanity advanced, developing his own psychic powers in secret. Thousands of years would tick by during what is known as the age of Terra, and humanity would eventually develop the technology of spaceflight. They would begin to colonize Mars, as well as the moons of Jupiter, Saturn, and Neptune, Mars would be terraformed and would become connected to the ideals of technical expertise and advancement. It's said that the Emperor would drift from identity to identity during this time and occasionally advise humanity but did not strictly lead them. Eventually they would begin to travel beyond their own solar system leading into the age of technology. The early days of the age of technology were still slow going as humanity's sub-light vessels still took many years to travel across space, and colonists would be effectively cut off from Terra. These first interstellar colonists were required to be self-sufficient, and began developing their own unique cultures. The 18th millennium, however, would mark a great shift in the history of humanity, with two notable inventions, the warp drive and the Geller Field. The introduction of the warp drive allows a spacecraft to enter and exit the warp. This is beneficial, as the warp doesn't play by the same rules of space and time as real space, so a ship can travel within the warp for a short period of time and end up light years away from where they started in real space. Without a psychic individual to navigate the warp, however, warp travel is done in short hops, only a few light years at a time, so that the ship doesn't end up drastically off course. Regardless, this allowed for much faster travel across the stars, and became the standard for human spaceflight. The warp is dangerous though, and an unprotected ship traveling through it would quickly be beset by the forces of chaos, leading to the massacre of the ship and its inhabitants. Thus, the second invention, the Geller Field, This device allows a ship to create a protective bubble of real space around it as it enters the warp, making it practically impossible for demons or other forces to come near the ship. Without the Geller Field, warp jumping would be a horrific, short affair. It was certainly a learning process, as you can imagine, but in time, humanity continued to spread across nearby solar systems, Genetic tampering with mutant genes led to the creation of the Navigators, psychic individuals with the unique gift of being able to navigate the warp. With a navigator at the helm of a ship entering the warp, the ship could travel much farther, coasting across various currents and avoiding hazards. This allowed even greater development of new colonies and interstellar trade and cooperation. Mankind reached the peak of their technological development during this time, creating artificial intelligences and advanced systems that contained all of humanity's technological knowledge. This golden age would not last, however, mostly due to the increasingly large presence of psychic individuals which acted as beacons for the forces of chaos to infiltrate real space. Massive, violent warp storms would break through, isolating entire regions of the galaxy, and making travel far more dangerous. Additionally, a war against rebelling artificial intelligences made things even more difficult, and humanity's cohesion was shattered. Worlds that depended on other planets for sustenance broke down in starvation, and the Age of Strife began around the 25th millennium. The age of strife was dark and bloody for humanity, as they were plagued by isolation, demonic invasions, mutant humans, and hostile aliens, most notably the orcs. Orcs are savage, green-skinned humanoids fueled by war, and although they aren't particularly smart, there's enough of them to be very dangerous when they manage to work together. The orcs sensed humanity's weakness during the age of strife, and began conquering some of their worlds. We don't know a great deal of information about this time period, but we do know about Mars and Terra. I said earlier that Mars became connected to the ideals of technological expertise and advancement, and while that's true, it went quite a bit farther than that. The engineers and technicians of Mars developed a new religion over time known as the Mechanicum Later, called the Cult Mechanicus. They began worshipping a machine god, the Omnisaya, as the supreme deity, because they believed knowledge to be the manifestation of divinity in the universe, and the Omnisaya was the source of all knowledge. They began replacing much of their bodies with machined parts to become closer to their god, and developed countless rituals and rites that had to be performed while interacting with machines. The tech priests of the Mechanicum managed to unify Mars, and began to send out expeditions through the warp to colonize new forge worlds in the image of Mars. Terra, on the other hand, was plunged into destruction and infighting, as the surviving remnants of the once great homeworld fought amongst each other to rule the Scraps. Warlords and techno-barbarians constantly waged war across the planet, until the emperor finally stepped in and began the process of unification. He gathered together those that agreed to join him, and crushed any that opposed. During this process, he used the greatest genetic engineering techniques possible, as well as some say the powers of the warp, to create 20 superhumans, called the Primarchs. Each of the primarchs contained some of the emperor's dna, and so they were considered his sons. The primarchs were designed to be faster, stronger, larger, hardier, and more intelligent than any normal human. Unfortunately, after their creation, the forces of chaos managed to scatter the infant primarchs across the galaxy. Still alive, but out of the emperor's reach, the emperor decided to use the primarch's dna to create many more superhumans. These superhumans would each be less than a primarch, but far more capable in war than an average human, and would be used by the emperor to unify the remnants of humanity. These individuals would be called space marines. There weren't many at first, but the emperor used these first space marines to conquer Terra, during the wars of unification, starting the age of the Imperium. In other parts of the galaxy, the dominant Eldar were experiencing their downfall as well. The Eldar Empire ruled much of the Milky Way, and had built countless utopias. Physical labor was a thing of the past, and any military conflicts were handled by machines, leaving the Eldar with plenty of time to focus on their own desires. Hedonism began to run rampant, as their own pleasure became their only focus, and their pleasures went to increasingly darker places. Violence among Eldar began to skyrocket, with little regard for laws or morals, and a number of cults sprung up devoted to different aspects of arcane knowledge and pleasures. As a direct result of this mass descent into excess and pleasure, a new chaos god was spawned into existence, Slaanesh, the lord of dark delights. The empire of the Eldar was shattered in an orgy of blood, fire, and ecstasy. The remaining Eldar found refuge in living ships called craft worlds that they used to roam the galaxy, now a shadow of their former glory. The Emperor hoped to reunite all of humanity under one banner after the Age of Strife had separated all of them across the galaxy. He signed a treaty with the Mechanicum of Mars. Despite detesting their devotion to religion, he knew that he would need their technical expertise. The Mechanicum was given political autonomy on Mars and any Forge worlds, as well as religious autonomy. As long as they supplied the newly found Imperium of mankind, with weapons, starships, and technicians. A new sigil was created to signify the treaty, and the emperor set out on his great crusade. The great crusade would be the greatest military effort ever conducted by mankind, taking over 200 years, and involving millions and millions of soldiers, both space marines and members of the imperial army. The emperor restarted the many factories necessary to create starships and war machines, and he forged out into space with his fleets. He soon discovered one of his primarchs, Horus, on a planet in a system near Terra. Horus and the emperor would quickly develop a unique bond, but in time the emperor would rediscover all of his lost sons. Each primarch was placed in charge of a legion of space marines, and many new space marines were developed during this time. The Great Crusade found the Imperium of Man battling aliens, enemy humans, and the forces of chaos. Aliens and demons were promptly annihilated, while lost human worlds were either peacefully brought back into the fold or forced into compliance. Concepts of superstition and religion were snuffed out and replaced with the Imperial Truth an ideology crafted by the emperor that was defined by rationality and logic. A massive victory against orc hordes on the planet Ulanor, largely thanks to Horus, marked the high point of the great crusade. At a great celebration after the victory, the emperor announced that he would no longer lead the crusade and was heading back to Terra. In his stead, Horus would be given the newly created rank of War Master, placing him in charge of all of the Imperium's military might. This turn of events would lead to some of the most monumental series of events in the history of mankind, known as the Horus Heresy. The build-up and events of the Horus Heresy are greatly detailed and would be tricky to summarize in a series of videos let alone this one. Essentially, the gods of chaos stoked Horus' feelings of ambition and abandonment by the emperor, leading him to turn against the imperium of man. Horus wasn't the only one influenced by chaos, however, and combined with the corruption of the warp and Horus's position of leadership, half of the imperium turned against the other. The civil war lasted for nine years, resulting in trillions of dead humans, and finally ended with a confrontation between Horus and the Emperor on Terra. A duel of legends took place, ending with the Emperor utilizing his incomparable psychic ability to obliterate Horus, and effectively end the civil war in a single strike. The effort of this brought the Emperor near death, however, and he was placed on a cybernetic life support device called the Golden Throne, in order to keep him alive. Life changed for the Imperium of Man in the wake of the Horus heresy. The space marine legions were reworked to limit their size so that no single group could threaten the Imperium if they fell into chaos. The Imperial army was divided into the Imperial Guard and the Imperial Navy, each with their own chain of command. The Council of Terra that had advised the Emperor became the high lords of Terra, interpreting his will, and ruling in his stead. The traitor legions of humans that had been corrupted were continually hunted down and pushed back, but the imperium also had to deal with hordes of different alien species. Orcs in particular launched the greatest offensive in their history, which took great sacrifice from the imperium and the space marines in order to stop. Perhaps the most notable change, however, was in the imperium's view of their emperor. There had been small cults for some time that began to worship the emperor as a living god, but the aftermath of the Horus heresy caused this view to skyrocket in popularity. In time, this became the official religion of the imperium, and from then on, to oppose the imperium was seen as heresy. The emperor himself decayed physically, but remained fully active mentally in the warp, acting as a guiding beacon to help ships navigate through warp space. The imperium of man continues to wage war across the galaxy against aliens, heretics, traitors, and anyone else they don't care for. That brings us to the 41st millennium. Being the key point in time for much of the events of Warhammer 40,000, countless wars and battles are waged during this period. I'll mention two notable developments that brought even more bloodshed and horror to the Milky Way. The Necrons, now having been in stasis for 60 million years, were finally being awakened, often by unfortunate humans stumbling upon their tomb worlds many necrons were destroyed due to failures with the lengthy stasis sleep, but enough necrons have woken up to cause problems, due to their advanced technology and capability of reforming into a new body upon death. The other notable event, even more horrifying, was the appearance of the tyranid species. The tyranid are an alien species that comprise trillions and trillions of entities but they are essentially a single superorganism. The tyranids are able to be collectively controlled by a hive mind, allowing unity and organization on an unequaled scale. Tyranids swarm across a galaxy, consuming all biomatter they come across to rapidly evolve and reproduce. They are also capable of implanting an individual with a seed, that strongly urges them to mate and reproduce. The tyranid DNA will be carried on to the offspring, creating a hybrid, which will then continue to breed and spread the tyranid DNA across a planet, often without anyone knowing. Eventually, the hybrids will cause a mass rebellion, plunging the planet into chaos, making it easier for the tyranid horde to conquer and consume it. The Tyranids were drawn to the Milky Way from outside of the galaxy, and represent one of the greatest threats to humanity. The most recent notable event, occurring at the end of the 41st millennium, is the breakout of a massive rift in real space, dividing the galaxy in half. The forces of chaos feasted on the many worlds cut off from the unity of the Imperium and the guiding light of the Emperor, now called the Dark Imperium. Between the tyranids, the necrons, the orcs, the eldar, the heretics, the traitors, and the gods of chaos, humanity's future looks pretty grim. For those deeply familiar with the history of Warhammer 40k, you might be upset with how much I left out. For those new to the franchise, you might be confused with how much there is. If this is your first exposure to 40k, you should be able to decide if the series interests you by now. If you're interested by the superhuman space marines, or the savage orcs, or the monstrous Tyranids, or the fascinating tech priests of the Adeptus Mechanicus, you should be ready to learn more about any of them. The universe of 40k is brutal, cold, over the top, and exciting, and this video really only scratches the surface.